0: What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast. I'm Justin Michael, and we are going to be talking about recruiting on today's episode. It's been a successful couple of weeks for the CSU football staff. We're going to talk about the most recent commits. I'm going to give an update on the class as a whole. And we're going to talk about the size that the staff is adding. Where's the beef? It's in this 2024 class, man. These are some big, big dudes that the coaches are recruiting right now. And we'll get into all of that, but I just wanted to first start the pod by saying hopefully everybody is safe out there. The storms tonight have just been insane. I mean, I'm, I'm in Lakewood, but some of the videos I've seen from Morrison with hail and, and the flood rain, it's, it's pretty dang scary. So I just, I hope everybody's doing okay. My heart definitely goes out to those that are impacted in sterling. And I think there was some flooding in the springs as well. I've lived in Colorado my entire life, and I've never seen it rain like this. I saw today we've already in the Denver metro area doubled or not doubled. We've already uh, surpassed our precipitation total for the entire year of 2022, and we're not even halfway through 2023. Wild stuff, really wild stuff. But before we get into recruiting, we obviously we've got some. Sad news to talk about Clark Higgins, one of the greatest players in program history, passed away this week. He was only 46 years old. I've had a couple of people reach out to me asking for details. I unfortunately don't have any. I'm unsure about the cause of death. I don't know if he was sick or anything like that. But certainly tragic and heartbreaking to lose a guy like this that meant so much to the program before he was even 50. I mean, it's just, it's so sad. And it's been a hard year, guys. It's been a hard year on the CSU community. There have been just a lot of really tragic incidents impacting multiple athletic programs. Uh, we lost Benjamin Brune. The situation with Shaq's daughter. It's just been, it's been a lot. And this one really gutted me. I'm not going to lie. Clark Hagan's one of my favorite players growing up. You know, he was a cool story from the start. A walk-on weighed about 180 pounds when he got to campus. Goes on to become the program's all time leader in sacks. That still stands, by the way. His 33 sacks, still the record 24 years later. Second most tackles for loss in program history at 54. To be a walk on that, you know, goes on to be one of the best players in the program. Was a part of multiple conference championships 97 in the WAC, 99 in the inaugural Mountain West season. Won the Holiday Bowl against Missouri. That alone would have been enough to have a lasting legacy with Ram Nation. But the fact that he went on and, and represented so well in the NFL, which he also didn't expect to do. I was looking at a cool feature on SteelersTakeaways.com. Unfortunately, the author I, I don't see listed on it, but that's the website, SteelersTakeaways.com. They did an exclusive interview with him back in 2020, and Hagen's told the site that he intended on going to grad school. He got a late invite to the Senior Bowl and ended up shining. Got drafted by the Steelers in the fifth round, where he was reunited with Joey Porter, who had been selected by Pittsburgh the year before. Their friendship was well documented and really special. In that same interview with SteelersTakeaways.com, Higgins actually said that prior to winning that Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 40 in 2005 against Seattle, the greatest moment of his career was winning that Holiday Bowl and celebrating with Joey on the field post game. He was a big part of some of the best defenses in program history. That was obviously one of the most successful time periods in CSU football history. And I'm not surprised to see so many posts from people that were at CSU during those times or even close to it, just a little bit older than me. I was technically alive during his college career, but can't say I remember a lot from when I was three. But for me individually, Clark Hagan's meant such a big deal because he was a big part of one of the best defenses in the NFL. And he was putting on for CSU him and Joey together during a time when there just weren't a lot of Rams in the NFL. One of the most played games of my childhood, Madden 2005. I had it for the GameCube. Ray Lewis was on the cover. And I would play franchise mode. I would always be the Broncos, of course. But I had to get Clark Hagans on the team. I had to get Joey Porter on the team. Joel Dreesen, uh, Shelly Smith when he was in the league for a little bit had a couple of years where I'd get David Anderson and Corey Sperry, Gartrell Johnson, et cetera. But the vast majority of those guys, including my childhood hero, BVP, they only had a cup of coffee in the league. They just, they weren't very impactful at that level. Whereas Clark Hagan's Joey Porter, those were studs. I mean, they were a part of one of the best pass rushing duos in the league for probably a five plus year time. And as a young buck that was just absolutely obsessed with CSU, I thought that was so cool to see. I even remember kind of liking the Steelers a little bit because my rationale was that they were good to CSU Rams. They were good. (laughs) They were good to the green and gold. So they were all right in my book. That changed a little bit when they beat the Broncos in the 2005 AFC Championship game. Still feel like Denver should have won the Super Bowl that year with Jake the Snake. But I remember watching that Super Bowl 40. Young Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, you got Joey Porter and Hagen's. Hagen's actually got a sack on the first offensive series for Seattle, if I remember correctly. I think I saw somebody post that video too. But going into the game, I was still kind of bitter about the outcome of the AFC title game, told myself I was rooting for Seattle, was a big Sean Alexander fan back in the day. But seeing Hagen's get that sack, immediately my emotion comes out. It's a ram doing big things in the Super Bowl, and I ended up rooting for Pittsburgh. I'm guessing that it's probably a pretty niche portion of the population out there that can connect with what I'm saying right now that felt the same way I did during the the early 2000s. But there was essentially a decade where these two, Clark Hagan's and Joey Porter, were the two carrying the flag for CSU at the next level. It wasn't just, oh, that's kind of neat. They got drafted. They spent a couple of years on the team. And then Went on to do something else. They were legitimately two of the most impactful defensive players in the league at that time. And for a guy that walked on at CSU, wasn't even 200 pounds, went on to become one of the best defensive ends in program history, then transitions to outside linebacker. You go from being in the three point stance to a three four defense in a completely different role. And he kills it at that, too. It's just special. 520 tackles in his career, 46 and a half sacks his 13-year NFL career matched only by Joey Porter, his running mate, and defensive legend Al Baker. I can't believe that I'm sitting here having to talk about this in 2023. He was 46 years old. I mean, he, he had just been inducted into the CSU Athletics Hall of Fame back in 2015, and he'd recently come back to Fort Collins. I feel like we were robbed of an entire era of Hagen's just being, you know, on the sidelines, and it's just a shame it's really just a shame. And I'm thankful for all those memories watching Clark Hagan's big part of my childhood was cheering on him and Joey Porter. Big part of, you know, my developing love for football and the sport as a whole. I fortunately got to spend a decent amount of time around Joey Porter back when I worked for the team. He was on the the McElwain staff for a couple years there. Never did get to meet Clark, un- unfortunately. But as you see from all the posts from Ram fans, everybody that's Just devastated to see this news. His legacy is going to live on for years and years. He was that type of player for this program, a generational talent. And while he tragically may be gone far too soon, he's not going to be forgotten. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to get into recruiting here, talk about the most recent commitments for the defensive line, give an update on the 2024 class as a whole. And I'm going to dive into... Jay Norvell's NFL traits and kind of how you can see the almost general manager-like tendencies with which they build this program. They're trying to identify NFL traits. He's talked about that on my podcast. It's not necessarily about experience. It's more about fitting a certain athletic profile, size, speed, hand size, all this type of stuff that you can't coach. But it's the stuff that drastically raises your ceiling as a player. So we'll get into all of that, but real quick, I want to shout out the homies over at Saturday Neon. It's a local company started by two friends and former college roommates at CU, Boo, I know, but they do make a great, great product. They make officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs, and whether you're a diehard fan or a casual supporter, you're going to love the way these things pop. We've got a couple of them in the DNVR studio. Saturday Neon Signs made with high-quality materials. They're backed by a two-year warranty shipped with everything you need to mount, power, and dim, so every sign is easy to install and operate. And they're officially licensed, so they look great. They get to use the legitimate logo. It's not some knockoff or anything like that. Great for your office, man cave, dorm room, basement, bar area, whatever. You know, maybe you need to do a late Father's Day gift if you drop the ball there. Go to SaturdayNeon.com. Use the code DNVR for 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over $200. I also want to talk about my friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion, and there's no better way to watch a game than having some ice-cold Breck Brew on deck. Breck Brew has been doing it for 32 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy. We stand that. But we also stand the epic variety that they offer. They have something for everyone, whether it's a Vanilla Porter Jr., Avalanche Amber Ale. Right now, I'm big on the Mountain Beach Sour. It's the summer sitting by the pool. It's so crisp, so tart. The the perfect amount of sweetness. Some sours can be a little bit much there. Not Mountain Beach, though. It's perfect. Perfect. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. Finally, when you get hurt, Bax & Shanker is here to help. Bax & Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years, Free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus & Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients. Now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. Backus & Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. All right, let's get into the recruits. Let's talk a little recruiting news. CSU picked up technically three new verbal commitments from what I've heard. Two of those are now public, though, from the weekend. We'll start with defensive tackle Trajan Townsend out of California. He is the second defensive tackle prospect commitment for this class. He joins Jack Moran of Ralston Valley High School, a big-time local commit. He is listed, uh, Trajan Townsend, I should say, is listed at six, two 280 pounds, definitely has the ideal size to anchor a defensive line. Having said that, though, very little information available online. Can't find any stats on max preps. I cannot find any highlights on Huddle. He's not on 247 or on three. The only information that I was able to find, and it's not even from him, it's just him retweeting somebody, is that he apparently has an offer from San Diego State. So pulling him over the Aztecs, that's definitely encouraging, especially because he is a Cali prospect. And and he's really not the only guy. There have been a couple of guys in this class that have had offers from Fresno, San Diego State, some of the top-end programs in the Mountain West these past couple of years. So to be able to get some of these guys, that's a testament to what the staff is doing. I've talked about this a lot, but their presence on the West Coast continues to pay off. Why the previous staffs did not spend more time out there is beyond me, but I think it really just comes down to the fact that these coaches are willing to go the extra mile. And we're going to talk about that with some of these prospects being Raw, They have really great athletic traits, really high ceilings as football players, but they're not ready made. And a lot of assistant coaches out there, they just want guys that are experienced. They want to have to be coaching them up at this stage. Frankly, they're freaking lazy. They don't want to be out on the recruiting trail. They don't want to put in the effort there. They don't want to put in the effort with development. They just want to cash checks. And I think the biggest compliment that I can give this entire staff top to bottom is that you can see they grind. They grind on the recruiting trail. They don't mind bringing in some of these guys who don't have a ton of experience because they think they can coach them up. They think they have the ability to do that. And that's where, you know, the NFL stuff comes into play. And I'm going to talk about that. Uh, I do, before I get too carried away here, too ahead of myself, I do want to talk about the other commitment Uh, that is Edge Edmari Binion, also out of California. Again, raw as a football prospect, he is a two-sport athlete, a guy that also plays basketball, Moved out to Cali from Rochester, New York, from what I can find. Must have gotten injured because he only played in one game, according to Max Preps, this past year. But he did make the most of it. He had a fumble recovery and a tackle for loss. listed at 6'6", 250. Definitely has the ideal frame and size. Again, not necessarily the experience. But you can't teach 6'6", 250. He also has offers from Montana State, UNLV, and Washington Nevada and Sac State have recently offered him as well. But with his athletic profile, he is a really intriguing prospect at Edge. I mean, really, with him and Trajan Townsend, another two sport athlete, forgot to mention that, also throws shot put and discus, recently set a PR back in April. And Zach Smith, the most recent offensive line commit, six foot seven, 265 pound senior that plays basketball and football at Thunder Ridge. John Holdhouse, as well, another two sport athlete, six foot seven frame, being recruited to play offensive tackle, has a lacrosse background. All of these guys are raw as football prospects. They're not five stars. They're not being pursued by, you know, 50 different football programs. And it's going to be a process. It's going to be a process for a lot of these guys when they come in. You know, think it's a bit dramatic, but think some of those scenes from The Blind Side with Michael Orr. Again, trying to be respectful. I'm not saying these guys don't know how to play football or anything, but they're not going to be day one starters. They're not going to come in and immediately just be ready to go. It's going to take some refinement. It's going to take a lot of time with their position coaches. But while they might be raw coming in, their floor on day one might be a little bit lower than somebody that had specialized in football for years and years. Their ceiling is going to be a lot higher if they have certain characteristics that you just can't coach. You can't teach being 6'6, 250 and being able to run a four or five. You can't teach hand size or arm length or any of these traits that coaches are looking for that all raise your margins. And that's where I come back to Jay Norvell's NFL experience and how it's reflected with the way that he builds this roster. He came on my podcast on National Signing Day and point blank said, I'm looking for NFL players. I spent a lot of time with Bill Polian in the Colts, spent a lot of time with Al Davis, and that's where his affinity for these big, tall receivers and, and tight ends especially came from. But the NFL mindset when it comes to team building philosophies, if you're good at your job, typically is focusing on traits. It's identifying a certain type of athletic profile that's going to fit within your system and not necessarily a guy that's Proven it with a ton of production at the collegiate level. All the time, we see some receiver that had 15 catches and one touchdown on the year from an SEC school end up going in the first or second round because he runs a 4 3 at the combine. Is that guy going to be raw? Of course. Is there a potential of it not working out? Absolutely. But your chances of hitting a home run are drastically higher. And that's what we're seeing from this staff when it comes to recruiting, it's a very NFL-like mentality. They're not necessarily looking for a player that has, you know, 200 catches and a ton of experience has done nothing but football for the last 10 years. That's not to say that having the experience or production is a bad thing or a detriment or anything like that. But if you always prioritize experience, positional experience, statistical production, stuff like that, over just raw athletic characteristics, at the end of the day, you're going to miss out on a lot of guys that have the potential to be really special. And while you will miss on some of those guys, the ones that you hit on, it's going to be huge. And the other thing you have to consider too, like with some of these guys, yeah, they might come in with a ton of experience. They, they have played offensive tackle their whole life, this, that. But how much better can they really get? And that's where that NFL mentality comes in. It's not necessarily about what can you do for me day one. It's what are you going to be in the long run? It's not something that every staff can pull off. You have to have positional coaches that are truly willing to put in the work to coach these guys up. But the track record for Norvell is phenomenal. When you look at a guy like Cole Turner and Romeo Dubs and just some of these people he's produced. Freddie Banks, too. And... Buda Williams is really establishing a great reputation in that regard. I just think that everything that this staff is doing from a team-building standpoint is really encouraging. If you want to turn things around in in a major way, not just get back to being 7-5, and flirting with 500 every year. If you really want to turn this thing around, get CSU back in the position where you're winning 8-plus games, where you're contending for conference championships, and that should be the goal, the hope. You don't get there by being lazy, by cutting corners on the recruiting trail, by not being able to sign a guy with great potential because it's going to take more work on the staff's part in terms of, you know, coaching them up and all of that. You have to be willing to do all this stuff. And this staff is, they are doing the little things. And when you do that consistently for months on end, eventually those little things start adding up to be big successes. Not saying you should go into 2023 expecting the Rams to win the Mountain West or anything like that. Still got to manage expectations. And that's what I'm going to talk about with my closing thoughts coming up here. But I, I just I see this staff and they're on an upward trajectory. And I think this program is so close to breaking out. Oh, so close. All right. Um, last thing on recruiting, and then we'll finish up with some closing thoughts. Um, CSU now up to eight commits publicly, I think 11 in terms of the guys that, um, I've heard have committed, I'm not going to float their names. So we've seen now the staff tweet about a center from Los Angeles. That's apparently on board. And then they tweeted about somebody else after that. I still expect a defensive end from this past weekend to commit a guy from the Midwest. He is taking another OV this weekend, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's not on board. could just be. A guy who wants to consider all of his options, and he certainly has the right to do so. I'd say it's fair to point out, maybe wait to commit until you have explored all of your options, but I understand. It's just how the process works these days. I'm not taking any shots at the kid or anything like that. Again, he has every right to explore every avenue. But as far as what's coming next, it feels like they're due for a skill guy. Only have one wide receiver on board as of right now. That's going to be a position every single year. You're going to try and see the staff bring in four or five, six different guys just because they need so many. Did get Corey Hall on board at the beginning of June. He kind of got this ball rolling and Darius Curry, the quarterback at a Long Beach Poly. Really excited about both these guys. It's been a lot of focus on the trenches ever since that. And that's great. Right now, average size of the offensive line commits in this 2024 cycle, six six, two 290 pounds. Average size for the defensive line, six six, two sixty. 260. A little bit smaller, but you can be a little bit leaner, especially if you're on the edge. I just love seeing all this beef. I mean, when you look at the size they're adding in the trenches, the speed and, and athleticism they're adding at the skill position. Norvell and these coaches, they've done what they said they would do from day one. I think they came in. And pretty quickly realized that the roster was not even close to a position where they would be able to compete the way they want to. I respect that they didn't just immediately run everybody out of town like a, a certain coach in state and just immediately come in and say, "hop in the portal gave a lot of these guys a chance, and honestly, it burned the coaches, so maybe maybe they should have been more like prime and told some of these guys to leave right away. But I personally just don't believe that's the way things should be done. That's not to say that there aren't there aren't going to be Tough conversations along the way. I mean, you look at a guy like Todd Santeo, I'm sure they told him, you're not going to start. And so he ultimately made a decision that was best for him. It worked out really well, moving over to James Madison. But going into this 2023 season, it's basically going to be all Norvell guys. And I'm going to give some closing thoughts on that here, not just general expectations Real quick, though, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all either. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair is backed by lost and broken replacement, so if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. You can shop the entire collection at their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall, a full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, just exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to shadyrays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, before we get out of here, just wanted to give a couple of closing thoughts. Obviously think that the program is heading in the right direction when it comes to recruiting, but I do think that it's also at a point now where we should start to see some tangible results. I think we should see the program start to, you know, get more W's on the board. I do think that you need to have realistic expectations going in. If you go in expecting them to win the Mountain West championship, odds are you're going to be disappointed. I mean, that would just be a massive leap from what we've seen from this program at any point in the last decade under three different staffs. Again, not to say you shouldn't have hopes, shouldn't have expectations, I want to see CSU push forward in a major way. I want to see them be what they were when I was a kid. You know, I'd I'd love to see a Lubick-esque run under Jay Norvell here. And I personally believe, from what I've seen, from what I've witnessed, that Norvell, from a characteristic standpoint, the closest thing that we've had to Sonny in Fort Collins, McIlwain had the wins, obviously. Hopefully that's going to come for Norvell. But just with the way that he conducts himself, the way that he's old school with his approach, very Sunny-esque. But just be reasonable. That's all I ask. Would it be incredible to see CSU pull it to lane, a program that Norvell has talked about being very comparable to CSU in terms of size and, you know, just kind of general realistic outlook? Yeah, it'd be awesome to see Tulane, see them pull a Tulane, go from being a two-win team to a 10-win team that's winning a New Year's Six Bowl against USC. Hell yeah, brother. Where do I sign up? But damn, man, just give me the New Mexico Bowl, 6-6. and Double your win total from a year ago. Get back to the postseason for the first time since 2017 and win. Win a bowl game for the first time in a decade. It takes patience. It takes an understanding that this process is not going to happen overnight. But also at some point, you do have to start getting those positive results. And so while I don't think that CSU should be considered favorites to contend for the championship, you never know. You never know, especially with the talent that they have on both sides of the ball. I wouldn't say it was shocking if CSU was in that mix. But the expectation for this season, at least going in, obviously injuries, there's a a myriad of things that could happen that would would shift expectations. But as of right now, the end of June, I think the hope should be to get back to a bowl game and to win a bowl. And with the talent that's on this team, with the people that the staff has been able to bring in, combined with, you know, the top 10 percent of of remaining holdovers, the Jack Howells, Henry Blackburns, Mo Kamara's, Cam Baratow, Grady Kellys of the world, they should be in a good spot. I'm just really excited. I'm really excited for football season. I'm starting to get to that point where I'm absolutely itching for training camp even, but it's it's coming up. It's going to be here before we know it. Um, that's all I've got for today. We're going to talk San Diego State drama tomorrow. Talk a little bit of Hoops News. Got CJ Rivers officially back on the staff for CSU Men's Basketball. Love to see the way Nico stands by his guys. Uh, But for today, much love, y'all. Thank you for supporting the content. Peace. What would you say if I told you I'd be the greatest MC that there ever was? What would you say if I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them the number one in? What would you say if I told you a nobody, then the rockin' for a sold-out crowd? Damn, that shit is crazy, probably never make it. Were you listening to that right now? I said we on now.